0: Hi everybody, and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Wonderful. Well, we start a new series called Lifescape. And uh, Lifescape is God's given perspective For your life, it is the landscape of your life as you're looking at it. And it's the ability to see who you are, who you're called to be, and how to navigate your life through the circumstances and the situations you're going through, how to face those kind of challenges. And so we're going to be looking at Lifescape. It's the follow on from our um, Adventure Starts Here series, which we started in the summer. That's kind of the defining. Um, statement of our church, the vision of our church, the adventure—it starts right here. And then we followed that on with the I Dare You series, which is very much of the activation of just getting up and doing, doing something adventurous. And the um, the Lifescape series is is a little bit more reflective, but it's kind of helping us to understand who we are and and how we navigate, how we face the challenges ahead of us. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be going through Romans chapter twelve, um, the first eight verses of Romans twelve, and through the whole series, um, we'll be studying this. Um, uh, this portion of scripture and all of the messages will be flowing out of this portion of scripture. So it's a really great sort of place. Sometimes it's nice um, rather than having just racing through the Bible um, in, in, for the messages, it's nice to have a kind of a, a root scripture to work from. It gives us a really strong foundation and also enables us to kind of understand the, the kind of how sometimes you know you can read the Bible and you can read a verse and, and um, it, it sounds really good, but. But reading it and reading it and then reading it again and reading it is the way it makes a great impact upon your life. Amen? So we're going to read Romans chapter 12 uh, and verse 1. It says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. You know, this morning I want to ask this question, which way from here? Or perhaps the spiritual question, what is the will of God for my life? Actually, I think most people don't say, what is the will of God for my life? They say, "What? how do I get from here to where I want to go? And then go, God... What's your will? <laughs> uh, because what we're really saying is, this is what I want to do, and I, God, I want you to help me to do this, and, and I'm just really hoping this is your will. <laughs> and that's kind of how, for the most part, we tend to navigate our way through life. And it, it's kind of understanding what, what is the will of God for our life. You know, last week, I drove to Inverness, and um, I was, uh, while I've been driving for about an hour and a half or so, and it, it's about... On a Sunday morning, you can get to Inverness in two, two and a quarter hours um, on a Sunday morning. The traffic's very light and uh, it's quite an easy run. So um, i am been, I was sort of north of Elgin and I was on my way and I'd had um, a a text from Joe um, and uh, come up on the screen just saying, Dad, looking forward to you getting here. And I wanted to reply to Joe and tell him what time I was going to uh, arrive. So I said to my phone, Siri, can you tell me how long to Inverness? To which Siri replied, I'm sorry, I do not have the address for Christian Outreach Inverness. To which I'm going, what? How do you even know where I'm going? All you know is... I'm driving to Inverness. I have never put in my diary. I have never told Siri or have I told my mobile phone ever that I'm going to the church. And particularly as the the name it's using for where I'm going is a name that hasn't been used by the Inverness church for many, many years. (laughs) So here I am and I'm, I'm driving. I'm thinking, how does Siri know where I'm going? Because When I get to Inverness, I will not be going to a church building, but to a hotel, because our church, Junction Church in Inverness, has met in a hotel for its entire existence. So when I get there, I'm getting to a hotel. It's not, it's the Mercure Hotel in Inverness, it's not the church. How does it know where I'm going? And if it does know where I'm going, why the flip, can't it give me the address, and how tell me how long it's (laughs) going to take me there? All of these thoughts are going through my head. Like, but the reason being is it knows it's because our life is predictably mappable. We spend our, we often, our own lives, spend our time going, where am I going? And, and how did I get here and where am I going? And, and we don't know, but Siri does. <laughs> Siri has already got your life mapped out. It, Siri knows where you go, who you go with who you spend time with, it knows uh, what you like, what you don't like, it knows knows what you believe in, (laughs) knows you go to church, (laughs) even if it's in a hotel. Computers around the world are mapping your whole life. They know what websites you look at, They know how long you spend on those websites. They know everything is measured to the final second. The data is recorded and it is remembered so that they can just try and get a life experience for you that they think you will enjoy. And so your life is being recorded and so you might not realize it but everything about your life is predictable. But here's the thing, while computers have found the ability to predict our life patterns and habits, we ourselves are struggling to catch up with how we got to where we are and and where we're going to get to the future destination. How do we get to the next place? And the thing with it is this question, the first question is, well, how did I get here? And the simple answer is is this, which I I read in a. a, Is actually, I was reading a a novel. I like to have a novel while I'm travelling, and um, uh, I was reading this. And one, this one statement, which I just found was a uh, was kind of a defining statement, because everybody is kind of trying to asking this question about about the purpose of life and how you get to where you are and the decisions you make. And this, in this character in this book sim, just simply said this, I just took one step in front of another and this is how I got here. And I think for the most part of our lives, we just take another step in front of another and that's how we got here. We, we often don't purposefully plan, even if we try and put some kind of purpose, each day we're just putting another step out in front of the other, we're making decisions, we're having these thoughts, we're different, we, we process our life in these kind of patterns and we're just simply putting one step in front of the other and, when, and getting to where we got to. But then we ask ourselves, we have these important moments in our life, well, how do I know God's will for my life? How do, I, how do I know what God wants for my life? And here's the thing that we have to have a look at. It says in Romans chapter 12, and it, in verse 2, and it sets out this amazing statement, declaring at the end that we can prove the will of God. Now, That statement kind of creates this concrete, defining statement that kind of says, not only can you kind of feel like you know what the will of God is, we can prove the will of God for our life. Well, that's that's an extraordinary statement to make right there, isn't it? I can prove the will of God. And here's what it says, you see, we can prove the will of God. It's says, verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, being conformed is being held to the habitual and predictable habits of your old nature. You're conformed to this world. You're conformed because you're just doing what you always did, And even Siri has got that worked out for you. Just knows what you're going to do. Because you always do it. It's habitual. It's predictable. It's the pattern of your life. And what happens is that we get into the habit of following preset values of a broken society. I'm amazed how much Christians are slowly but surely take on the values of this world through the continual just drip, drip, drip effect of what goes on in the media rather than keeping their, their heart and their faith settled in the word of God. And so you get your values changed because the world is constantly trying to get you to conform to the way it thinks, the way it feels, and the way it's going. And so this this is conforming that's going on. So, <clears throat> excuse me, so it says being transformed involves a whole different set of thoughts, values, and habits. How many times have you heard this statement in church? Change your thinking. How many of you know that changing your thinking is not actually as easy as that? And so... The more times you hear the statement, change your thinking, the more you in, eventually you make this decision and you, go to your, you just think to yourself, oh, you know what, I've heard that one before. And, and you want to change your thinking, but your thinking is set into a habit. It's set into a process. You, you, you wake up with your thoughts and you're not thinking about your thoughts when you wake up, you're just thinking them. Is that there's not a conscious process of your thinking when you wake up in the morning, so you don't decide to think something new. What you decide to do is just you go with the flow and you take another step. But the Bible says to be to change your thinking. But everybody knows that that your thinking's far harder to change, and here's the reason: your thinking only changes with your behaviour. Your thinking only changes. With your behavior. Well, how does that work? Well, here's the thing, right? Your thinking is as a result of your behavior. Who's with me this morning? Gone, gone to sleep. Your thinking is as a result of your behavior. Some of the things that you have done in life, you hadn't really thought about until after you've done them. And then you've made up your mind. Maybe you've had disagreements with people. You didn't think about. Nobody goes out in life to have a disagreement with someone. Do you? I mean, you don't start the day and say, right, I'm going to pick a fight with so-and-so. <laughs> just because I just feel like it. Nobody starts the day deciding to pick a fight. But how many of you found yourself doing that? Just having a disagreement. Well, of course, we're in church because none of you would do that, of course. <laughs> so you, you start the day just with, just, with, just, with just, just your head and you end up having a disagreement. After that disagreement, you have changed your mind about that person. And now you are having thoughts, thinking about them. The thoughts you're thinking about them were caused by the action that you took before you started thinking. You're with me here, aren't you? I'm playing with your brains a little bit. So if to change your thinking, you have to go back and change your behaviour because your behaviour changes your thinking. And so we spend our life going, God... I want to know what your will is for my life, but we end up just taking one step in front of another. It's amazing how we can have thoughts for our life that we just think, I just can't do this. I've had people say to me, Oh, well, I I, I can't get fit or I can't lose weight or I can't there's lots of things we say we can't do that just aren't true. Just aren't true. Now You know, there are many areas in my own life I have to, as you know, I have to watch my health. I have to be specifically on, I have to watch my health and watch my diet. And do you know what? There are times when I just say, right, I'm going to get, I'm going to lose so many kilograms. I'm just going to lose some weight. I'm going to get fit. And, And I think those thoughts. And you know what happens? Nothing. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely nothing. For the most part, absolutely nothing happens. I've discovered this. For every thought I think, less than, a, in, less than one thought in a hundred is followed with an action. Most of my thoughts are just thoughts. Yeah. And nothing ever happens. Nothing changes. Why? Because I didn't put an action to the thought. Yeah. I didn't change it. And so I was still conformed to the old way. I've discovered this. If I eat bread... I put on lots of weight, it puts my sugar levels up, and it just fries my health, right? But I like bread. <laughs> and when you get up in the morning, what else are you going to eat? You're going to, oh, I could have cereal. Well, that's just bread, isn't it, in, in cereal form. It's still wheat. <laughs> so what are you going to have? Well, i could going have an apple. How many of you wake up in the morning and have an apple, and about half an hour later, you're going... Oh, her neck! now what am I going to (laughs) do? So it's all very well saying, I'm not going to eat bread, but it has consequences. And it's those consequences you don't want to face, which is why you don't follow that thought through with another action after you tried it the first time. You tried it once. Maybe you tried it twice because you thought it needed a better effort because you're a good Christian. But the third time round, you decided to be wise. And you decided it's a good thought, but I don't think we can do that. I'm a wise person. And I'm not going to give myself a spirit of disappointment. I'm not going to break my own heart. So I'm just going to go with the flow and trust that Jesus will heal me. Of the bread that I'm about to eat. that's what we do we, we have these thoughts and we follow let's have a look at Ephesians chapter 4 Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22 says this it says that you put off concerning the former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts including wanting to eat bread <laughs> and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according and i haven't got the rest of what's it uh, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness you see if we say we can't change well it's because what we can't do is we haven't put an action to the thought of what God has placed in his word see his word are words of life but they are words which need an action. 23, let me read it to you again. Let's put that up in the scripture because I haven't got it completely written out in my script In verse 20, um, 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, 24, that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. 23, 24 is an action word. It's not a... It's not a confession scripture. It is an action scripture. It's something that you are physically doing, not just spiritually doing. You don't wake up in the morning and go, I'm going to put on. I'm putting on. And I'm putting on. This new man is rather tight fit. It isn't. You don't know, put on physically the, the new. You, you, it's like. There has to be a real action of putting on. There has to be a different habit. You see, the life scape of your life has the the shape, the hills, the undulations of all of the things around your life and you have to decide how you get to the horizon of promise that God has spoken over you. And the only way to navigate through it is putting on the nature of, that Christ has given you, which involves walking down a different road. How did you get to where you are now? Well, you just simply put one foot in front of another. Well, how do I get to where I want to go? That's the question, because if I keep putting one foot in front of another, what I end up in is the bog of indecision and doubt It is the the treacherous ford of of ungodly belief. It's the the place of of, of just anguish in your life because I'm walking in a direction which will cause me to end up in a place that is difficult to find myself out of. It's on a road which is leading downhill. but, But God has got for me uh, a road which takes me to the high road where I can view, have the viewing gallery of my life. I can see over the horizon of every promise, but it involves taking a different road. It involves a turning of my life and saying, I'm going to do my life differently. I'm going to make a physical and a spiritual change. I want you to understand one of the reasons why Christians struggle with their faith is they try and apply spiritual principles to natural issues. Can I say that again? One of the reasons why we struggle with our faith is because we try and apply spiritual principles to natural issues, right? Your health is natural, not spiritual. Your health is natural, not spiritual. Your physical health, getting down to the gym, doing something about your health, that's natural, it's not spiritual. You want Jesus to heal you. You're going to have to do something about your health. All right? If that's an issue for you, if you're, there are relationships, you want Jesus to heal a relationship, well, you've got to physically do something about that because your responsibility is with the relationship. Yeah. If you're a crab, then there's no... Why would Jesus come and heal that relationship? You're a crab. Stop being so crabby. <laughs> are you with me here? Just, oh, <laughs> apart from Dave, and uh, <laughs> Dave's a crab, and I'm he's the... Fi- yeah, yo yeah, yo yeah. <laughs> Dave is the finest crab there is. His name is Dave Crab. <laughs> and he has redefined what a crab is. I need to find another word. <laughs> I'm looking at Congo across the congregation I can feel a quietness coming from that corner. And I'm looking at him. And I'm thinking, he's looking at he's looking at me Oh, that's his name. <laughs> How to dig a hole. You see, the Bible guarantees God's will, or his map for your life scape, is revealed in the renewal of our life. And when I say life, as you read in the Bible, I need to renew my mind. Your mind is the first step of a process. If my mind is renewed, then so is my behaviour. If I have a renewed mind, but my behavior is exactly the same, then clearly my mind hasn't renewed. So I have to match what I'm thinking with a set of actions. I remember one of the first times, and Cheryl and I discovered tithing and, and giving. It was, a, it was an issue of personal faith. I want to say about tithing and giving, it is a, it is a personal breakthrough experience. I encourage everyone to get through it, but it, it's your personal journey. Right? Yeah. Only you can go through that and go get that revelation. I remember getting that revelation on giving and just going, "Well, I, I just know that God um, is empowering me to give, and in the in that empowering and give, well, if I just said He empowers me to give, but I didn't give, then I wouldn't be giving, would I? If I if I got a revelation on praying, but I didn't pray, then... To revel- you've got to do it. If you, don't do- if you don't take that turn, then how will you ever discover what the will of God is for your life? How will you ever prove what the will of God is for your life? Let me read to you Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 13. It says this, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are more pleasant uh, her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who who what take hold of her. And happy are all who retain her. This is one of the most beautiful scriptures. And I often come back to this verse because there is, a, there is a constant pressure in life, particularly those of you who are in the oil industry and going through that pressure. There's a pressure of, you know what, gold and rubies? I would just like five pounds, please, because I don't have a job. <laughs> Are you with me here? I've, I've forgotten about the gold and the rubies. I'm going for something. My, my expectations have dropped right down the scale here. Right. So there's a lot of people go through that process and you spend your whole time, well, how do I get the money? How do I get the increase? How do I get this? And how do I get that? Those are very natural. That's the world's way of thinking. But the Bible says, well, if you get wisdom, if you go and get wisdom, which is the will of God for your life, then in your right hand let me read this to you in your right hand is length of days that's the that's the most important length of days is a life of happy fulfillment it's a life of strength and knowing it's not when I say happy fulfillment it doesn't mean to say that every day is like it's sunny every day right <laughs> we live in Aberdeen it's not sunny every day right but it is a life a length of days, it's a life of health, of strength, of breakthrough, of continuous um, uh, continuous ability to just build a strong, stable life. That's the first one, the most important thing. And in your left hand, in your left hand are riches and honour. In other words, in your, in your right hand is the fulfilment of life and in your left which is the less important. It's the far less important part is the riches and the honor that you need to get through life. See, see God provides... If God gives you a vision, he's going to pay for it. You've got to understand, if God gives you a vision, he's going to pay for it. But to pay for it, it has to be according to his way and not according to our way and our expectation of what we really need. How do I know the will of God for my life? Well, i tell you how I know. By changing my thinking and changing my behavior. It says she is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. In other words, we change the way we do our life. A renewed mind is a mind that says and does something new. You know what? The key to knowing God's will is as simple as Siri knowing your predictable life. Patterns. It's as simple as that. How is that? Well, here's the key. When you turn and change your life into a fresh way of doing life, and what I mean by that is if you're struggling with relationships, try saying I'm sorry. If you're struggling with financial debt and those kind of things, start believing God in in your generosity. If you're struggling in your prayer life, Try getting up five minutes earlier and having a five minute prayer time. Forget the hour, right? Because if you say you're going to have an hour prayer time because because you want to believe God that he's going to meet with you, you're going to grow disappointed after two days and you'll never pray again. Because praying for an hour... Is, is the work of a disciplined prayer life, like a, like a marathon runner who knows how to run. You don't run a marathon the first day, right? You go down the road and you grab, grab a hold of the side of the building and you gasp and you think, how does anyone ever do this, right? <laughs> Having a great prayer life, and Christians are going, I'm going to pray for an hour. How long have you ever prayed for before? Nothing. <laughs> well, why don't you pray for Five minutes. Why don't you just start the day in the presence of God rather than the presence of Facebook? (laughs) (laughs) You know what that does? That turns the path you were walking on onto a different path. Well, how do I know the will of God? That's simple. After you've made the decision, you just take one step in front of another because all you have to do after that is follow the road. See, you didn't know how you got where you were going when you found yourself in a place of disappointment and heartache. Well, you didn't know because you just kept walking on the road. But here's the thing. Turn your heart toward Christ. Turn your behavior towards him. A different set of actions will put you on the road. And one day, you'll stand up and you'll look across the horizon and you go, Jesus, how did I get here? I cannot believe how blessed I am. Well, I just kept walking. I just kept taking one step in front of another. That is the testimony of your life, proving that you're walking in the will of God. It's making a change, making a decision. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.